Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. And welcome into Inside the Clubhouse for Saturday, April 20th. I'm David Schuster. He, of course, is Bruce Levine. Our number is always 312-644-6767. You can text us at 67011 this hour on the score. Brought to you by Continental Toyota. Experience the Continental Toyota difference with over 400 new and used vehicles in stock located on LaGrange Road and I-55 in Hodgkins. ContinentalToyota.com. Bruce wonderful show today they always are when you're involved of course but this is a special show and i'll let you do the intros yeah it is uh we we plan to have some great guests on david and i are always here for you though at 312-644-6767 text david is 67011 as we talk cubs socks everything baseball and inside the clubhouse matt spiegel my co-host uh away for the day he'll be back tomorrow for his special show from Nine o'clock on, which of course is hit and run. So be sure to listening to that to listen to that. But today, uh, yeah, we have a lot of special guests on. We are going to talk to Yonder Alonso of the Chicago White Sox. Talk a little bit about what's going on with that team. Obviously, Tim Anderson will come up during that conversation. We will talk to uh, John McDonough and Denny McLean as we celebrate the life and times of Chet Kopic. Somebody who was uh, totally impactful on my career and many people's career and on the Chicago radio scene for so many years. In the 10 o'clock hour, bottom of the 10 o'clock hour, Bob Brenly, fine broadcaster with the Arizona Diamondbacks, joining David and myself as well. So full show for you, as I said, 312-644-6767. Text David, 67011. By the way, David... Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook, your home for the best food in Chicagoland, the checklist, the best deli, no doubt, best restaurant, certainly, the finest bakery on the North Shore without question. Max and Benny's has full dinners from four to nine, seven days a week, featuring all the staples and the freshest whitefish and salmon in the city, the greatest soups, warm the body and the soul, private party rooms and meeting rooms. From 10 to 150 available. Catering is king at Max and Benny's. Contact John at MaxandBenny's.com. 30 minutes from downtown. 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Only Max and Benny's where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper. Max and Benny's in Northbrook. David, great pitching yesterday for both the White Sox and Cubs. Obviously, Tim Anderson and... Ricky Renneria taking their suspensions. Where would you like to start? Well, first of all, Bruce, uh, we both have frozen our butts off at the ballpark over the last 10 days, give or take. But 
I think we're finally going to get some warm weather on a consistent basis. And with consistent warm weather comes consistent, hopefully good baseball. And uh, the Cubs are back to the 500 mark at nine and nine. They've won four in a row. They've won seven of nine. As you mentioned, great pitching on both sides yesterday. Kyle Hendricks, outstanding. That was the Kyle Hendricks we're used to seeing. 31 shutout innings until the ninth inning yesterday, combined by the Cubs pitching staff. And Carlos Rodon, really, really good again yesterday. He's maturing as a a top-of-the-line starter. And, of course, the Tim Anderson. I'm going to let you, being the dean of baseball people here, you pick. I think we'll combine a little because there was was some symmetry in both the starts. And both pitchers talked about the fact that establishing their fastball was key, but using the changeup off of that was the end result of a very good outing. And in Hendricks' case, it was one of his best, maybe in the last two or three years. I mean, you had seven innings, three hits, just two walks, 11 strikeouts, a lot of swing and miss at the changeup. And, you know, David, over the years we've learned that the difference in the fastball and changeup that combination working is that your fastball is established at a certain degree, and he was right around 90, 91. And then your changeup is somewhere between 80 and 83 miles an hour. So you have that separation of 8 to 10 miles per hour. When you get that going and you're throwing strikes, you have outings like uh, Hendricks had yesterday and, and, and over in Detroit Certainly, Rodon did the same thing. Yeah, and forgive me, I couldn't, you know, <laughs> sitting next to you yesterday, I was laughing a few times when the ball was up in the air at Wrigley during the game yesterday. I mean, poor Arizona, they weren't used to the conditions, obviously, and there were a couple of balls. Well, first of all, there was this one foul ball I think Bryant hit in the very first inning, yeah. and that, it was in the middle of the infield, and then, if, you know, the wind, wind took it and landed about 20 rows, you know, in back right. in, in, you know, behind the dugout, but then later on, he maybe it was even that same at batter. Maybe later on, you know, he p- popped one up. They had no idea where it was, and it, they just it landed between them. And there was another ball by the center fielder. He had no idea where it was. So the Cubs sometimes have the advantage with the wind. I mean, they're used to it a little bit more. They do. I mean, they make their mistakes too because when the ball goes anywhere close to above the stadium, David, that's when it's just you know you had a thirty to forty mile an hour gust yesterday. Nobody, the greatest player in the world on pop-ups, Willie Mays or Baez or Robbie Elmar, anybody you want to name is going to have trouble with that type of win. And, and it's, it is comical because it, it seems to be more indigenous to Chicago than anywhere else. Yeah, you know, sometimes when you see a golfer shank a shot or hit one in the water when you're watching these great pros, you know, you sort of snicker a little bit because they're starting to play a little bit like you. The same thing in baseball when you see, you know, a guy flub a ball or something like that or, you know, they look like Alphonse and Gaston on a pop-up. You you can't help but chuckle just a little bit. And when you grow up in Chicago and you play at the lower levels that we did, and there's so many hundreds of thousands of guys and women out there that played the same, you know, and they know – not 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 just the win, but playing in the elements in April and May, like uh, high school baseball, just standing there hoping that, uh, you know, the ball just hits you so you can move a little bit and hoping you're able to move when it does. That's that's the beauty of April baseball in Chicago. Yeah, there were some positives also, you know, besides the pitchers yesterday. Johan Mankata hit a home run that's still traveling, by the way. Uh, Bryant had a couple of hits. Uh, um, Anthony Rizzo legging out that triple to left field. Kudos to him on that one. Um, so, yeah, there were some positives. But it really He the, took a transfer, didn't he? Uh, yes. From his, and then... <laughs> he took the token out of his pocket between <laughs> second and third. But obviously the big story, 
on the local level, not only yesterday but earlier in the week, was the whole Tim Anderson thing. So I'll right. let you recap that one. Well, you know, uh, Anderson, uh, of course, in the fourth inning on Wednesday, uh, hit a home run off of uh, Kansas City pitcher Brad Keller. And he looked toward his dugout. He did a baton-like flip of his bat toward his dugout. And he did a couple steps backward. Uh, it wasn't exactly the Willie Mays Hayes stuff that we saw in Major League, but it was certainly some showtime there. And okay, you know, um, that's the way that Tim Anderson plays. That's the way that he wants the energy built with himself and his teammates. And two innings later, he came up the back to lead off the inning in the sixth off of Keller, and the first pitch hit him in the butt. Uh, his first inclination was to go to first base, and he stopped a little bit, kind of jawed at the, the pitcher. Uh, the catcher, uh, Machado, came out. Um, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, and 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 uh, c- kind of got in his way. He went on to first base. Uh, there was jawing, benches emptied, coaches and managers shoving each other. Um, no punches thrown, but... Um, a second uh, Malay bro- broke out as well afterwards. Uh, Anderson swearing, uh, Renteria pushing former Cub, another former Cub manager, Dale Swain, back about 20 feet. And uh, he and the pitcher, and Renteria and Swain were thrown out. Uh, all got suspensions. I don't think Swain got a suspension. No, he didn't. Uh, the other three got suspensions, one day each for uh, Renteria and Anderson. One day, uh, five days for Keller, who's a starting pitcher, so he missed one start. And he's the only one who was appealing that suspension, right. by the way. Both okay. of them took it yesterday. Then we uh, we got information, of course, uh, leaked out that um, Anderson had uh, used some profanity, uh, possibly some racially um, fired up term to uh, express himself to Keller and how he felt. And then uh, social media took over from there. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're a little short for time here. But real quickly, listen, I'm, I'm not a fan of a bat flip like he did, although he wasn't. I don't believe he was trying to show up the pitcher. I think he was trying to get his teammates more. And listen, right now, Tim Anderson is a house on fire as far as his hitting. That, so I think, you know, he's just the exuberance. That's my guess. It was, it was the fourth inning. Yeah. And, you it, know, so to, to pimp a home run in the fourth inning. It's, it's too much. It's a little too early. It's but too much. if that's his style and it's consistent and it appears it is, then that is what his teammates are also letting him sign off on. When we come back from the break, We'll talk to one of those teammates about what's going on with the Chicago White Sox in this uh, situation as well. 312-644-6767 is our number on Inside the Clubhouse. Text us at 67011. Great guest list. Yanzer Alonso starts it off, although later on we're going to hear from John, uh, John McDonough and Denny McClain, the last 30-game winner in Major League Baseball, and Bob Brenly. Stay tuned. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse. 920, welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. And we start off our extensive guest list. And Bruce, I'll let you do the honors. We are pleased to bring in the first baseman DH of the Chicago White Sox, Mr. Yonder Alonzo. Nice enough to take some time out of his very busy day to join us on Inside the Clubhouse. Yonder, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Thank Thanks you guys for, for doing it. Me. Are you a morning guy? First of all, most baseball guys yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, obviously, with all these day games, it still feels a little weird. But uh, yeah, you know it, it's not it's not a big deal. Uh, we just got to get ready. 
hopefully get another W today. The uh, leadership on the Chicago White Sox is something along with your big bat that they brought you in for as well as uh, John Jay and uh, a couple of other guys in the bullpen and Mr. Nova, all veterans who can still play and also help lead. Do you uh, do you, you feel that um, a spring training in the first 10 or 12 days of the season is enough time to establish some of that leadership for guys like yourself? Well, I mean, I think I definitely think it takes time. Uh, I don't necessarily think that, you know, just because you're a veteran, you got to be a, a leader, right? right? I think uh, you can lead by example. You can lead vocally, um, even if you're a young guy. Um, but again, I feel like with the the guys that we have here, we have such a good group of guys that that can gel, that can uh, obviously be uh, speak different languages. Uh, and, and kind of ease things a little bit. And then just the everyday grind of, of baseball in uh, terms that you can teach the young guys a little bit of your savviness and things like that definitely helps a lot. But, uh, you know, I think the, the group of guys that we have here are, are a lot of fun. Uh, they're prepared. Uh, they're ready to compete at a high level, and they're always wanting to learn, which, which you can't beat that for sure. Yonder Alonzo of the White Sox joining us on the El Pamonte Ford Hotline. El Pamonte Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. Yonder, you, you mentioned time. Usually when somebody changes teams, they sometimes say that it takes half a season to get used to their new surroundings. But you look like, you know, like like you fit in like a glove right off the bat with your surroundings and teammates in the organization. It looks like it's been seamless for you so far. Yeah, you know, I try to, I try to gel with the guys. I try to have fun. Uh, you know, it starts in, in obviously spring training, but you know, there's nothing better than than obviously getting prepared for a game uh, and and going out there and competing and having a good time while you're doing it. So, uh, just trying to kind of ease things a little bit. Uh, I know sometimes things can get a little bit tough, and guys may maybe like you know what's going on. And and at the end right. of the day, you got to remember it's a game. Uh, it's a game, a man's game. Uh, it's a kid's game, but we're men, and and we feel like like you gotta enjoy yourself because uh you know if you enjoy yourself you you're gonna be more loose and everything's gonna be better, so uh, yeah, have fun, enjoy it, compete, and make sure you know we're ready to go every single day. You you know you bring up the subject, and and certainly I I talked to uh, a couple of the Cub players yesterday about uh, celebrations and also how teams are responsible for themselves and their own guys, the twenty five guys in there. Uh, in their clubhouse, how do, how do you look at that yonder? As far as um, you know, the celebration, and then also remembering, as you said, it's a man's game. So if somebody takes exception to what you do, there are things that uh, are a, a, a product of you know that happening. Other things mm-hmm. can happen. So from the perspective of you know the other day and in general, how the White Sox look at fun and celebration where where do you stand well you know i think it's funny i think when i first came up uh 10 years ago nine years ago the game was totally different right it was filled with with a lot of veteran savviness uh, a lot of guys who have been in the game for a long time uh, a lot of guys who who were more of the old school guys uh you know show no affection show no feelings show no uh, character uh just play the game the way it's meant to be played um which which I'm all about that right I'm all about the game uh in itself uh you know the the old school way of playing the game um but then at the same time we've we've come to this new generation where guys have you know 
they're available to 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 reach out to the fan base and and reach out to to everybody that that watches along the road. So um, there is some some character involved, and there is some 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 more meanings towards you know enjoying yourself and and showing uh, your fan base or whoever you want to you want to show that that it is okay to to have fun and it is okay to smile, it is okay to cheer up your teammates, it is okay to enjoy a home run like i don't have a problem if somebody strikes me out and and they go and they you know pin a strikeout or anything like that uh i'm gonna do am i gonna take offense to it maybe so my next at bat is if i'm not gonna like throw my bat at the guy or, right. or my helmet at him you know uh, i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna try to hit a homer or i'm gonna try to get on base for my guys or i'm gonna try to score a run uh that's the way i i combat that uh, i don't agree with you know guys just plunking somebody because that is a weapon. You know, baseball is a weapon coming at 95 miles an hour, and, and it can ruin your year. So, uh, you know, I think uh, it's part of the old school game, and, and, you know, we're now seeing kind of a little bit of differences with, with the new school game. And and I, I enjoy it. I enjoy both of it. Um, so, yeah, that's where I stand on it. Is there any right or wrong? Uh, I don't I don't, I don't know if, it's the, if there's right or wrong. I'm probably the wrong guy to ask uh, that question, but... I do know that that it's you know the game is changing where guys are, are more affectionate to to their character and and showing right. their character a little bit more and it's okay to do that you know I think this this season is so long that if you just if you act like a robot you're just not going to be yourself you know you're not going to be yourself so uh, there's no better way than than enjoying yourself and being yourself every single day on the field because the game is is a grinding game and it is a long summer summer days where. You just can't be a robot. So uh, it's okay to have some emotions. It's okay to get fired up as long as there's no disrespect to the opposing team. Um, you know, making sure that everything you do is for your guys and, and make sure it's, it's attended to for your guys um, and show no disrespect to the opposing players. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, just enjoy it, have fun, and, and, you know, do your thing. Hey, Yonder, you and some of the other veterans, I'm sure, are continuing to take Eloy Jimenez under your wings. And, and so far, it's been a good start, but I think his – you know, eventually his monster talent is going to come even more to the forefront, especially when the weather gets warmer. How do you right. see his progression through the first couple of weeks of this season? Again, I, I just think this guy's just going to be a monster at some point. Yeah, I think his progression is great. I think he's learning every single day. I think he's making adjustments on a daily basis. Uh, those are things that we're working with him as well, you know, throughout the game, making sure that uh, we're, we're, we're adjusting pitch to pitch, uh, you know, how to run the bases, how to do the, these other things. We know he's going to hit. I mean, I, I believe he's a pure hitter as it gets, right? But but there's other things, too, that that we should, uh, you know, try to teach him and, and help him out, like running the bases or playing defense or, you know, having a routine or making sure, you know, how to watch video. Or, uh, you know, the guy is, is a really well-spoken uh, young player. Uh, he's taken his his uh, education on a high level uh, to try to learn the, the English uh, to be able to talk to his teammates on a daily basis. So, he is a smart and bright guy, and, and I see a guy who's who's getting better and better every single day on all aspects of the game, and it's uh, it's enjoyable to watch. It's a lot of fun to watch. We know he's going to hit. Uh, can't wait for it to get maybe a little warmer and uh, kind of feel like he's at home uh, from the Dominican Republic and, and go bang and, and do his thing. Yonder, when uh, you DH or play first base, it's different preparation mentally and physically every day. Brayu is going through it for the first time as well. Um, have you guys uh, kind of talked about, you know, the preparation for one day DH, the next day first base, two days 
on one and the other. And are you kind of yeah. kind of like helping each other out, getting through that? Yeah, we talk about it, um, you know, because it is difficult. We we've never really done it, uh, so we we've gotten the chance to to talk about it. You know, any any uh, ideas that he has or tips, or if I have any ideas or tips. Uh, the biggest thing I think for me is just making sure you're staying in the game. Um, you know, so that's what I try to do. That's what he tries to do. Definitely DH is a whole nother beast uh, from playing first base, playing defense all your life. But uh, we're, we're getting it. We're getting it. And, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter uh, where we play as long as we get W's. So just continue that, making sure we're helping our infielders out anywhere we can and, and go battle every single day. Yonder, uh, David and I appreciate your time today joining us in Inside right. the Clubhouse. Have a, a great game, and we'll see you when you get home. Thanks again. You got it, guys. Thank you. All All right. Thank you, Yonder. Yonder Alonzo uh, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse from Detroit. White Sox play a day game there in a, just a couple of hours. Cubs also one twenty start today after you and Rosie do your three hours of magic right here on the score. Yeah, and then I'll fight the traffic and get over to Wrigley Field as quick as I can, although you gave me a shortcut. I, I can't tell I anybody did. what no, it is. No, better not. It won't be a shortcut any longer. <laughs> Other people will emulate it. Uh, a lot of players have come to both sides of town, Cubs and White Sox, over all these years, and they're veterans, and you know the, the franchise are hoping that they're positive influences in the clubhouse and sometimes they are and quite often and we're not going to name names they're just not but I'm going to tell you that Yonder Alonso you can tell in literally in 30 seconds walking into the clubhouse this guy is a veteran with positive leadership qualities about him and he's almost like a Pied Piper you see the young players constantly going up to him it's it's really a cool thing to watch well not only that but we found out how very patient he was from the very get-go when the White Sox traded for him, and then uh, every talk show or every uh, beat writer or reporter talking to him, the first five questions were about Manny Machado. And he was tremendously helpful, tremendously patient, understood that you know Manny's story transcended him coming to the White Sox and showed a, a, an awful lot of maturity as far as what type of individual he was coming over to the White Sox. And hopefully his bat's going to help out uh, quite a bit, too. Got a, a lot of power. Uh, Average-wise, not there yet, but uh, has hit a few balls out and driven in some runs. Uh, Bruce, the bottom of the hour brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Nothing beats playoff hockey in Chicago. Catch your Central Division champion Wolves as they battle Grand Rapids in the second game of the first round. That's tonight at 7. All-State Arena is the place to be. For playoff information, visit ChicagoWolves.com. Also brought to you, the bottom of the hour, is uh, by Chicagoland Papa John. Chicagoland Papa John's offering free pizza this weekend. Good deal. Buy one pizza at regular price and get a second pizza of equal or less value for free. Use promo code free pizza day on the Papa John's app or online at PapaJohns.com. That's promo code free pizza day. Really refreshing, even though, you know, I'm a fan of uh, great hitting, but really refreshing, Bruce, and we talked about this right at the onset of the show, to see good starting pitching. I mean, that's what... No team goes anywhere unless you get good starting pitching. It's as simple as that. And the Cubs over the last three games specifically have gotten really good starting pitching. Hamels was outstanding the other night. Yes, I know it was against Miami. So what? It was still a really good outing. Quintana has been good a couple straight outings. And Hendricks was back into form. And then Carlos Rodon last night. If you get starting pitching, Bruce, as you well know, you have a chance. Right. And and nothing makes a manager look dumber or unprepared than a short start by a starting pitcher. Yeah. Because then you get into that ugly mix of 
hey, I used my long man yesterday. Everybody else is going to have to start pitching out of uh, form. They're going to come in in the fourth inning, fifth inning, normally the sixth and seventh. And you see the end result, David, of what how the Cub bullpen has transcended from being out of sorts and bad into being very good over the last uh, 10 days since the starting pitchers have started to go deeper into games. They're able to establish roles. Joe doesn't have to use, uh, with all due respect, some of his B relievers in games when you want to use only the A relievers. So from, from that perspective, you know, if you have, if you, you're, you're out trailing eight to seven in the fifth inning and everything's coming apart, you look stupid, your bullpen looks horrible, and guys are not able to establish themselves. Uh, you know, I asked uh, Yonder about Eloy Jimenez. I'm going to ask you the same question. He's hitting two forty three, three home runs, two of them came in Yankee Stadium. I don't think there's any question that his numbers are going to explode. At, you know, And he's not used to this cold weather. He's just not used to playing in it. What do you see from him so far? And you know, do you think at, at some point he's just going to go bonkers at the plate? You know, he told me uh, like the first week of the season, I'm just feeling for the ball right now. So I'm not trying to hit home runs. I'm not trying to hit doubles. I'm just trying to hit the ball hard up the middle. And and I I really like that approach. I mean, I like I like the maturity first of all of him accepting that as part and parcel to how he is supposed to develop as a major league hitter up here, where the breaking balls are much more significant where the fastballs are much much more pinpointed uh, to direction and just uh, feeling his way into the game, not trying to do too much. We've seen too many young phenoms come up, try to do everything to prove that they should be there. This guy is it's much more centered as far as understanding he doesn't have to try to hit four home runs and one at bat. All right, Bruce, your public wants to talk to you, so let's go out to the phone lines and let's go to one of my favorite places in the city, which is Old Town. Pick it up with George. Go ahead, George. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Yeah, I saw this Tim Anderson clip, and, you know, this it really incenses me. Tim Anderson has improved so much. The team has come from uh, a rebuild. What about their frustrations? When you throw at somebody, that's an act of violence. That should not be tolerated. He didn't do anything. He threw the bat to the dugout and talked to the dugout. Major League Baseball has this all wrong. I mean, God bless Tim Anderson and, 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 the, and the White Sox and, and the team that they're building. You know, give, they've gone through enough frustration. That is wrong. When you, when you throw at somebody like that, that's an act of violence. That should not be. Should not be. Now, like the, the Cubs were playing the other night. They threw three times. They hit the Cubs. You know, Darvish threw one inside. Was it intentional? Was it intentional? You know, I understand that, mm-hmm. but, you know, the Tigers are totally wrong. They're a bunch of thugs. Uh, the, the Royals, you mean? The Royals. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Appreciate, Appreciate your, your opinion. Uh, you know what? I I was in agreement on Anderson. Uh, I believe his, his uh, enjoyment was with his dugout. The bat went toward his dugout. He went to first base, you know, around the bases after the home run. Um, I understand the old school way, but uh, I, I don't really, in, in this day and age, I don't look at him really violating any code. Uh, as Yonder Alonso said to us just a few minutes ago, there's a new wave of entertainment and individuals coming into the game, and uh, I think we're kind of stuck in the middle. I wrote this story on 670thescore.com yesterday, the fact that uh, Jason Hayward said it's the 25 men in that 
clubhouse. They have to decide on the comportment if it's right or wrong or if people are going to get hurt because of it or if it's not right. Um, And that's how it's got to be decided. He also said you also have to expect other people not to take it that way and you're going to get hit once in a while. Um, I thought until Anderson and we found out what Anderson said as far as how he talked to um, Keller, uh, I thought he was 100% fine that he he should not have been punished. After that, um, knowing that uh, how insensitive he was in his conversation toward Keller, I'm okay with the one-day suspension on that too. Uh, Do we take it a step further and make it into a federal case? I don't think that's necessary. All right, let me ask you this, Bruce, because the caller brought this up. I mean, he obviously had a problem with Kansas City throwing at Anderson for what it's worth, I mean, you know, listen, it's been happening since he hit him, the, he hit he hit him, him in, in the, the butt. He hit him in the butt. In the, in the softest part right. of his body. And, so, he, and he didn't throw it real hard either. No, it was it was a batting practice pitch so, into the butt. But So, I mean, is Kansas City wrong in doing that? I, you know, to a certain extent, yes. Because it's, it's inciting. It's saying, okay, we don't like your celebration. But it, the, the reality is the guy gave up a home run. Try to strike the guy out. Yes. Okay. That Get the guy out. Don't don't say, "Hey, I don't like the way you celebrated." Say, "I'm a better pitcher than this. I'm getting you out, and that's how I'm getting even." And two years from now, when we're playing each other, I'll hit you for this, and no one will know where it came from. And, and supposedly there was some leftover bad blood or whatever you want to call it from uh, Kansas City. I guess Anderson, you know, yeah, incited I mean, that last, last year. Last year, you know, with. Uh, Perez, the catcher, and, uh, you know, some showboating. Look, I'm all for more personality in the game. I am also for respectfulness. So there's a very fine line in between that. But um, I, I just don't think what Tim Anderson did physically warranted getting hit. Now, um, what he said back to Keller, that was wrong. And he sh- he deserved a punishment for it, and that's why he took the one game suspension. Listen, I think if you know you uh, you and I talked about this yesterday, if he would have been suspended two games, let's say, I think he would have appealed it right. to get it knocked down to one. But the fact that he got a one game suspension, you're not going to win that one. Sorry, so just take it and be done with it. And that was the attitude he took yesterday. A lot of people love the idea of baseball players now being a little bit more flamboyant, but that's not to be the first time players have ever been flamboyant. Reggie Jackson, every time he hit a home run, stood there and gazed at it. He took took 45 (laughs) seconds to get around the bases. Uh, Players hated Reggie Jackson, except the ones, well, a lot of them on his own team hated him too, but he helped them win and he was a winner. And there's, you know, there's a difference there. He was a hall of famer, a great player, but he had flair. He pissed people off, but in the end, uh, you know, he backed it up. And if Tim Anderson wants to have flair, that I think that's a point we're missing. If you want to have flair, you want to show up a little bit, you better be a real good player. All right, Bruce, one more phone call before we take a break. Let's go out to Willowbrook and Owen. Go ahead, Owen. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, guys. Um, I got a question. Um, since 2005, except for maybe Sal and Quintana, uh, who has Don Cooper really developed now? Rodon is supposed to be a stud. I don't think he's a number one because he's not consistent enough. 
But I think some of the luster is worn off on Cooper, you know, from Cooper, I think. Uh, did any of these pitchers go somewhere else and do better that from what you looked at under other pitching how about, coaches? How about, didn't Gio Gonzalez do okay? Well, Gio Gonzalez never got a chance to be developed by Don Cooper. He was traded well, twice well, by the White Sox. So, well, I'm, so so basically, who has he developed is what I'm. The question is, it's not just a matter of where other players went. Right. I think that. I mean, hey, the guy. I mean, did a it's great a job with the pitching staff Hey, uh, Owen. Owen, it could be a borderline thing between development and talent as well. Couldn't could it not be? Yeah, but but. Okay, so so basically, what you're saying is that the staff, who used to be real good at putting together pitching, has kind of lost it over the last, uh, you know. No, I'm ball. saying that maybe some of the talent that they're bringing up from the minor leagues and scouting wasn't quite up to snuff. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing: who's a real failure, I think, in my mind with them, is the guy who's the number one pitch is Fulmer. That guy totally regressed. Well, that was that was a, that was probably a uh, a very aggressive pick to pick him number eight in the country that year. So yeah, so it was a re- yeah. And, and the other thing is is I know we talk about twenty twenty, but unless this team goes out and goes out and buys pitching like the Cubs did with Lester, and right? Solid number one. Yep. You're not uh, going to win anything with a young set. I I agree with you, and and you're right. And th- Owen, oh, thanks for your call. Appreciate it, Owen. Uh, a really good call and well thought out, David. The Cubs did not develop any of their pitching. Okay, they traded for Lester. and signed free agents. Well, you know, Lackey along the way as well. Now Darvish, Chetwood. You know, good or bad. You know, there's uh, you know combinations of trades and free agency. None developed. Now you can say uh, certainly that um, you look at Hendricks and you say. He was traded for, and he was still relatively young. They developed the last end of his pitching in the Cub minor league system. He was uh, the Cubs' uh, minor league pitcher of the year the year before he came up and started to establish himself. So they get some credit for that. But you do have to plug in, and you will have to spend a lot of money if you're going to win. Well, I will say this about Don Cooper. He's certainly going to have the opportunity. He's got two right now at the major league level talking about starters in both Rodon, who's been here for a few years now, and, and Lopez. You know, Michael Kopech was up for a cup of coffee, unfortunately, before he had the arm injury last year. And Dylan Cease, I mean, these are the guys that, you know, Don Cooper and the franchise are going to have to develop if the White Sox hope to go anywhere. And these were big trades that they made where, you know, quality guys like Giolito, Lopez, and Cease were acquired. They have to be developed, and they have to make it to the big leagues. And, uh, you know, some of them will, some of them might not. So you have to have more coming along the way. And... The injuries, you know, took out took out Dunning for a year, and and Kopech as well. So these are things we're looking at um, as far as the White Sox goes. Uh, top of the hour, we will talk to Denny McLean, the last man to win thirty games and the last man ever to win thirty games in baseball history. I I would say, and we're gonna sneak. I got. I'm gonna ask him this question because I'm laughing in in advance of asking it. I'm gonna ask him how many times have you been asked. Will there ever be another 30-game winner? And he's going to say 100,000 times. And I'm going to say, okay, well, I'm going to ask it one more time. President (laughs) of the Blackhawks, John McDonough, both talk about the great and the late 
Chet Kopik at the top of the hour. Bob Brenly of the Diamondbacks, former Cub broadcaster, joins us at the bottom. You're invited at 312-644-6767. Text David at 67011. Yeah, you're listening to Inside the Clubhouse. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. 954, welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. We're back just in time to say we got to go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we will uh, tell you about the rest of the show. Uh, our tribute to Chet Kopik, a great friend and great broadcaster, coming up at the top of the hour with uh, Denny McLean, the last man to win 30 games, and John McDonough, two very close friends of Chet's, to join us. 10.30, Bob Brenly will join us, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks TV broadcaster. We'll talk Cubs, North, North um, National League Baseball, everything with him. And uh, take that right up to the top of the 11 o'clock hour for you and Rosie. Yeah, so stay tuned. we got great guests coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. We'll be back right after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 